F-I-F is the name is the name of the show that you just chose to play. Chose to the play. people we love are the guests on the show. They make it better than if it was just me. App by App was recorded in front of a dead studio apartment. Hello, folks. It is I, your host of the FIF program, Nick Maritata. Boy, oh boy, do we have a show for you today. To be honest, this is one of my favorite episodes of any television show I've ever watched. I kind of feel like we were in a couple episodes slump as far as step-by-step season one goes. Uh, The show just hasn't been as good since Frank and Cody beat up that biker gang in that biker bar a few episodes ago. But uh, this is episode 16 of season one. The Boys in the Band is the name of the show. And uh, basically what happens here is Al. Remember Al got a drum set a couple episodes ago? Well, God damn it, she really did start that metal band. And uh, they are kick-ass. So much so that JT wants to be their manager and gets them a gig at a bowling alley. The only problem is the whole band gets the flu. Hey, kind of like today, isn't it? Maybe it was COVID. Who knows? But... Um, well, I know it definitely wasn't COVID, (laughs) but, uh, anyway, JT gets this, uh, this band, a gig, they can't show up for it. So there's clearly only one way out and that is cross-dressing. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Also, there's some sort of a mouse subplot that no one gives a shit about, not even the cast or the writers. We're going to get into it with uh, a returning guest. This is going to be his second time on the Up by Up program. His name is Steve O'Brien, hilarious comedian, writer, actor. And uh, you know what? We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back with my guest, Steve. Steve, thank you for being on the show again, man. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Now, when I saw the thumbnail for today's episode, I don't know why I got delighted that you were going to be my guest. I kind of feel like this episode of television is sort of right up your alley on sort of the hijinks (laughs) that you're looking for on uh, television. And was I right or was I wrong? Well, I'll be honest. When I saw the episode, the episode before was about a bully, right? Yes, it was. It was about Mark getting bullied. Yep. I was pretty excited about that. I I actually was like, oh, maybe that's my episode. And then I saw a couple, I don't want the spoiler alert for future episodes, but I saw Kelly Kapowski shows up in one of these episodes. So, so I was a little jealous of whoever gets to do those. But this was a very entertaining episode. Yeah. All kinds of surprises. So the thing about uh, Mark's, do you want to know what the twist was? Did you read what the twist was when, with Mark's bully? No. It's a girl. Oh, right, right, right. I'm going to be like, <laughs> it's him. He's his Frank, bully. Frank, his stepfather, couldn't be more disappointed. I mean, he's pissed that Mark is letting a girl bully him. Calls him a sissy, never gets his comeuppance in the episode. He literally calls him a sissy. And it's just like, you're just supposed to be like, yeah, I guess he's a sissy. All right, let's see the next step. And of course, it has to do with his other son being a sissy. <laughs> yeah, maybe, um, you know, maybe Frank's got an arc here over, what is it, eight seasons? How long Something like that. Maybe he's got an arc. Maybe he, maybe he, he really learns to uh, embrace his children's uh, actions. I don't know. 
God, I hope. I mean, I think what's going on here is we're supposed to be like, oh, this blended family, it's mostly females, it's mostly males here, and Frank is going to have to deal. But something tells me they really like how angry Frank's, Frank gets when his kids mess up in some way in his brain. Yeah. So it probably won't end anytime soon. But you know what, Steve? Let's jump into the episode. It's episode 16 of season one, The Boys in the Band. Okay, here's the first thing when we start. This is when I knew something was up. Normally we get like uh, some transitional music that's kind of like a slow version of the theme song. Yeah. Uh, but this time we get the, the, the credit of, uh, we get the title card and then just some rocking ass music leads us into the living room. I was like, whoa, what's about to happen? Yep. It set us off, man. I was yeah. like, whoa, I got geared up, man. I cracked a bud, dude. <laughs> I was like this is gonna be for real did you think it was a new theme song for a second i didn't know what was going on i i've been watching so much of this fucking show that it really put me into a, like some sort of a tizzy um so anyway yeah there's some rocking transitional music we go into the living room and god damn it al who got a fucking drum set two episodes ago claimed she was gonna start a band and I'm like, normally when they talk about shit on this show, it's just like never comes back again, ever. Right. You know, it's just like, who cares? Every episode exists in its own world. Right. Almost, and yeah. there must have been one episode in between Al getting the drum set and her starting this band. It was, it's unbelievable. Really? Um, That's it? Yeah. But what's so, weird so about she, it is she's like... A prod- she's a prodigy is what you're telling me. Yeah, I mean, oh, she, first of all, she sucks two episodes ago. And that's what the <laughs> okay. whole fucking episode is about, is she's banging on these drums mindlessly. Also mm. set up literally between the TV and the couch. Like, couldn't be in a more obstructive... She might as well have been playing drums, like, on the kitchen table. That's how bad of a placement of this drum set is. But, uh, yeah, she's set up again, but this time she's got a rocking band, and they are rocking. They're an all-lady rock band steve yeah. now did you take note of any of the lyrics that you heard <laughs> uh no i did not well i remember later in the episode uh they're singing about desire and fire but was that the same song or is it a different song so here's what we got to hear from this song we can rock in ecstasy nothing's gonna stop me come on baby rock me wow <laughs> now i don't know about you but whenever my rock is self-referential and gets meta like where rock stars are talking about rocking you yeah uh, to me i'm just like maybe we go back to the drawing board as far as some of the lyrics go but <laughs> what about uh one rock and roll all night and party every day okay that's one song <laughs> that is the greatest song you're right you're right i take I think, it all back i think def leopard might have a song about rock. i want to rock well there's that song but that's not def leopard that's uh twisted sister i want to rock that was no, a big '80s thing. I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about something else where I think I think the lyrics are like "rock your face off" or something like that. Um, <laughs> this is not researched at all. I, I have no idea, but I, I um, that's all I got for for songs that include rocking. And I didn't realize that. Uh, it, well, we haven't even talked about the name of the band yet. Oh yeah, well they name it in this scene. Uh, right. well, we, well, we could go through it. So JT is like sitting there and he's like snapping his fingers. He's banging along. He can't believe how good this fucking band is, dude. He's loving it. And he goes, I got a name for you. Chicks with Attitude. Right. Now I've heard that NWA actually was inspired by this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, that's where they got the name from. Well, they started their, their hip hop group literally the day that this show premiered. <laughs> right. They just hadn't had a name yet until the 16th episode. So it kind of... right. 
Um, so Dana's also uh, kind of Dana's walks through. She thinks they have no talent. Uh, that's that's Dana's, wrong. Dana's so me in this scene. Yeah, is she usually this cruel? Yes, yes. Man, she's. Uh, she did she have any kind of um, any kind of redeeming arc? Because she's she's just. I mean, I guess at the end of the episode, she she does help. She helps a little bit. Not in this scene, no, but she's, you know, she's constantly being pursued by her stepdad's uh, nephew, mm-hmm. her step-cousin or whatever that is, um, is constantly Wait. trying to have sex with her, Cody. Why does Cody like her? Cody likes her because she does not like him, and it's the mm-hmm. only woman that he's ever come across that hasn't tried to jump his bones, and he right. is now hooked. Right, because the uh, chicks with attitude, they all love Cody. Oh, dude. They, they're so into him. It's they crazy. So Dana thinks that they have no talent. Karen, Dana's sister, the brunette, Karen thinks that they uh, need a fashion consultant. Uh, and then the band's kind of like, yeah, I guess we could use some new outfits. But JT's like, no, 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 no. There's one thing you need, and that's a gig. Okay? And hey, man, I'm 15 years old. Let me be your manager. I'll get you into the biggest stadium. Oh, he, go, he goes, stick with me, and you guys will be working big stadiums, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And then Dana goes, oh, yeah, they'll be working big stadiums, saying, peanuts here, get your peanuts here. Um, and you know what? In JT's defense, that's still a gig. <laughs> that is a gig. You know? It might, not be play, and it may not be playing music, but it's a gig, and yeah. uh, that's, that's what a manager does. So we, get, we do the theme song, come back from the theme song. We're in the kitchen. Uh, JT's trying to get some cash out of his dad, Frank. Uh, and he's like, hey, you look like a million bucks. Speaking of money, can I have $30, please? I gotta, I'm saving up for this suede jacket I really want to get. You know, uh, J, JT is not uh, – the, the guy who plays JT is not an incredible actor, but I actually did like his delivery of uh, speaking of can I borrow some money because it, yeah. it was swallowed, it was understated. There you go, JT. Not bad. And Not also, bad. he could play the bass out of nowhere. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> I so, really enjoyed watching the girl uh, play bass uh, originally because she's, uh, she's just kind of poking at the guitar. Yeah. Nobody knows exactly what a bass player does. So if an actor is trying to play bass, they're like, yeah, whatever, I got it. Yeah, because it is. I guess playing bass in general is pretty understated. So you want to give it, you want to give it some, some flair. I think when you play bass, honestly, if you want to play bass for TV, like here, tell me what instrument I'm playing. You can't even see my hands right now, but right. what instrument am I playing? Bass, baby. Yeah, because I'm in the pocket. I'm yeah. feeling the groove with my head. It's all kind of lips, eyes, head movements. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I do actually run a class uh, for people playing bassists in television shows. So. <laughs> um, and my whole thing is I've never picked up a, never picked up a bass in my entire life. That's my whole selling point. You could be like me and never touch a bass. Wow. Um, not That's bad. Pure, man. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of great jobs. I do this. <laughs> I do that. So, um, the, uh, yeah, he's, we're, 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 we're grifting some money out of, out of Frank here. At least, uh, that's what TJ, uh, JT is doing, excuse me. And then, uh, Carol, uh, kind of mentioned, she's like, boy, that kid's going to be living with us till he's 40. And then her sister runs into this kitchen screaming, there's a mouse in the beauty shop. There's a mouse in the beauty shop. And then she jumps into Frank's arms, who's sitting at the table. And yep. Frank does a real good bit of business here where he cannot hold her fat ass up, Steve. Yep. Yeah, I know. I, um, 
it does make me wonder, do you think that was, do you think that was found on set? Or do you think that was in the script? Something tells me Frank went for it. Frank saw that in the script and was like, you know what I'm going to do? She's not only going to be on the show for another five episodes anyway. I'm going to pretend like I can't carry her. Uh, And he grimaces. I wonder what it was like for her that day. Yeah, well, that's why either it was in the script and she had to be like, all right, well, I guess uh, this is going to be a joke about my weight. Or Duffy was like, I got something here. I I got something for for you. Hey, just keep the cameras rolling, okay? (laughs) Just, you'll see. You'll see what I do. And he did it. He did do it. So they find, uh, Frank is like, why are you ladies screaming about a mouse? It's just a mouse. I'll kill it. But Carol's against that. She does not want you to kill this mouse, Frank. You know, so clearly we got a very strong B plot here. Killing the mouse. Yeah. So we uh, cut to the living room and practice has just ended for the chicks with attitude. Uh, They're all exiting. Uh, Carol says, wow, this reminds uh, me of when me and my friends used to sing. And then she starts singing uh, um, Candy Girl, but Candy Boy? She's yes. singing Candy and boy. her voice st- seems pitched up and I can't really tell whether or not it's actually her singing here. I, I, I can't tell. I think it is her. I think it is her. I, I actually, she's got some moves. I wonder if she, if she did ever uh, front a band or, or did some kind of stage performance. I mean, she's just, she's a woman of all trades here. I mean, uh, she hawks thighs, thigh masters. She can do physical comedy. Also, um, did you did you notice a Thighmaster reference in this episode? I did. I did. I wonder if she made them do that or they just threw it in or what <laughs> they, was going on. They don't like cut to her though. They, no. they it's not it's not like a wink to the audience. I wonder no. after it like I don't know. Maybe she gets a maybe she gets a little royalty check. A little uh, maybe it's in her contract. One a season, baby. Yeah, what if doing this podcast you realize, yeah, they reference the Thighmaster every app. Yeah. And if you look, there's thigh masters tucked in little areas. <laughs> there's actually a painting of a thigh master above the mantle. The, the, the detail is Kubrickian. <laughs> so the band goes to exit and Cody crosses their paths. He enters and the crowd goes wild. When he walks in, people are starting to get Cody fever in America at this point during the season. I mean, oh, yeah. the audience is losing their shit. Hey, man, last time I was on, I did the pilot with you. There is no Cody. No Cody. I was so excited to see Cody this time. Oh, Cody's big time now. Um, So Al's whole band just fawns over Cody. And uh, he goes, hey, all right, chicks with attitude, rock on. Yeah. (laughs) And that's all they needed to swoon. Yeah. So the chicks leave. Uh, Cody tells Dana not to worry that only one girl has his heart. And then she goes, who's got your brain? And then he goes, wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) <laughs> uh, which Cody is funny, man. Uh, honestly, his, he'll, he'll make me laugh once an episode uh, with something that he does. Um, and I enjoy him. I do enjoy Cody. So uh, JT uh, turns out um, he couldn't get the band a gig. And Al is very disappointed. And she exits. Cody tells JT, hey, listen, I got a way to get your band some gigs. Just play for no money. And you could get gigs all the time. Plus, they take less taxes out that way. And a comedy scene in New York was born. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, can they be paid in drink tickets and just uh, of sad faces? Well, come do comedy. (laughs) Dreams. 
so we cut uh, to the next scene and we got a new set, which I always love a new set. We're at a bowling alley. Yeah. Um, the owner, Sid Greco, is commending Frank on the remodeled job that he did on his bowling alley. My favorite um, detail about Sid Greco, by the way, is that he's got two uh, little cigars ready to go in his, uh, in his pocket. His oh, dude. He, he's, a, he, he's, got, he's got a couple of It's A Boys in his pocket, man. I mean, it's, uh, he, he's, he's rocking and rolling, uh, that pervert. We'll get to that later. <laughs> so um jt enters and uh frank introduces him sid says hey stick around bowl a little bit bowl a few frames and frank's like actually we're gonna go meet michael jordan <laughs> and yeah. then uh sid's like uh that ain't fun not like bowling yeah and then michael jordan's never mentioned again in the episode even though conceivably halfway through this episode jt and his dad go to a bulls game and meet michael jordan but that's 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 not as important as a mouse loose in the house. I mean, really, this should have been the Michael Jordan episode where yeah. something happens where they're at the game and then they're in the locker room and turns out they're in the wrong locker room or something or they get locked in and they're missing Jordan's game. Right. Like, there should have been yeah. something that happened there. But, nah, it's just like an aside. Maybe we could do, like, a Rogue One thing where <laughs> you go back and you film. It's like, listen, there's a whole other story here you guys are, are missing. And we go back and we film their escapade to the Bulls game. Also, who's this guy that can get Frank in to see Jordan? I mean, in 1991, that's a hot, hot ticket. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe the reason why we didn't see this is because it, it, you cut to JT and his dad in the parking lot at the, <laughs> at the Bulls arena. And he's like, I fucked up, son. All right. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have trusted him. Okay. Well, you know what? We can still, we can still get a hot dog. Dad, you don't even have tickets? Sorry, son. <laughs> We're going to stand out front and listen to it on the radio. I, I, just, I just thought if I wanted it bad enough for my son, it would happen. <laughs> We're just going to wait for Michael, all right? We're going to wait for him, and, and you'll meet him, all right? Oh, you're going to meet him. Oh, you'll... <laughs> hey, you see that? That's Jordan's bus. Go ahead. Go, go tell him that you're going to fix the toilet. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there could have been a lot of fun had in this episode. And there is, just uh, no Michael Jordan. So no JT, Michael Jordan. JT quickly uh, pitches his band. He's like, hey, hey, uh, Mr. Greco, like, you kind of have bands here, right? And he's like, yeah, every weekend we do. He's like, well, listen, I got a band for you. It's all chicks. They're the chicks with attitude. How about you have them this weekend? And Frank's like, hmm. I, not Frank. Um, uh, Greco. Uh, Greco. Greco's Did. like, hmm. A band with girls in it? That sounds like a gimmick that just might work. <laughs> and he's like, come on down. You got the Sunday spot. Yeah, it's exciting. That's like halfway through that yeah. uh, the JT talks him into it. Yeah. Uh, almost blows it. He almost, almost blows, blows it. Thing. He does. Uh, Frank helps out. Frank smooths it over a little bit. Anyway, JT's very excited. We go to the living room. Al's on the phone with one of her bandmates, and he's like, she's like literally like, you mean everybody in the band has the flu? Click. JT, what are we going to do? Like, immediately. Yeah, I, you know, and it's not, it's not completely apropos of nothing because, weirdly, uh, the mom does say, your mom has the flu in an earlier scene, so I'm going to take you home. Right. So I they, miss they, out on those they, things. They, 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 they did plant it, even though it makes no sense. Makes that no means, sense. That means the mom dropped the kids off and then when she got home, she was like, I am sick with the flu. <laughs> so uh, JT is pissed because here's his dilemma. Sid Greco 
already paid him for the gig on Sunday. He could just give that money back, but instead what he did before knowing about the flu was he went out and bought all the girls' outfits that were on sale and they're non-refundable. So he is like, what am I going to do? Sid needs a band. I can't give him money back. And I can't tell my fucking dad I fucked up again and that he needs to pay Sid back because he's already pissed at me for not having a job. And if he finds out about this, he's going to make me get a job. Oh, that ain't going to happen, dog. JT does not like to work. Not in these ways. You know, I wonder if uh, old Frank... Whenever he see like when he he's, he just finished up the job he did a he did a job well done, uh, revamping this bowling alley and then he sees his son walk in and he's just like ah, oh, how is JT gonna fuck this up for me now? <laughs> yeah, and oh, he does. He does. So uh, JT's pretty determined to get the girls out there. Al says that they're all throwing up and have fevers and JT's like, we'll just work it into the act. It'll be called Girls Who Barf. Yep. <laughs> Which I kind of think is a great idea. That's pretty much what Guar does, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So JT says that we'll just find different girls, okay? And they need four members. What are they going to do? Yeah, why does it have to be a five-piece? I don't know. That's what Al says. She goes, she's like, we need to be a five-piece band. It doesn't have to be a five-piece band. It doesn't. Most bands Although, are not. It kind of does, though. Yeah, it kind of does. So uh, we uh, take a break. We come back, and we're in the living room. And Frank and Brendan are trying to catch the mouse. And Frank's, like, laying out pieces of cheese, like, in a trail to attract a mouse. Every time that Brendan hands him a piece of cheese, Brendan eats a piece of cheese. Uh, and I guess you got to just have Brendan do something. So that's what he did in this episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think towards the end of this, uh, this journey that you're on, you're going to learn a lot more about how that kid was just looking for something to do. Just want, out, to be, just want to be included. Turns out that's crack. <laughs> <laughs> what if Brendan smokes crack at the end of this season? <laughs> Six-year-old. Wait, hey, what's the, what's the kid with the glasses? What's that kid's name? Mark. Mark. Now, forgive me. I have not listened to these 16 episodes since I've been on. What? I apologize. What? Uh, I'm, no, I'm going to catch up. Um uh, but I had Obama on this fucking thing. <laughs> um, Mark, has it been commented on that they dress him exactly like Urkel? No. Exactly like Urkel. He's got Urkel's glasses, suspenders. Tucked, they, it's, you do not seem impressed by this observation. I was floored by this. No, because I've come, I, you know, he is the Urkel here. Although Cody right. is the Urkel. You right. know what I mean? If we're talking about... Like, uh, who, you know, he's the wacky next-door neighbor type, is Cody. Mark is an Urkel because he's a nerd, but he's got no discerning talent. He's not likable on the show. He's not funny. He has not – he doesn't have good plot lines. No. He's weird-looking. You know what I mean? So I think they tried and they failed with Mark. As a matter of fact, most of his punchlines and his uh, – uh, up until maybe the last episode, have been just uh, self-deprecating, like depressing. Like he'll, they'll be trying to figure out something with the family, like, and then he'll come in with like some graphs and charts, and then everybody kind of looks at him weird, and he goes, "I know, I know, I'm boring," and then he like walks out, like he just knows that no one likes him. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So uh, speaking of Mark, Mark walks in and, and he did some research on, on mice and he's talking about how they rip flesh away and their teeth and he's afraid of mice as well. 
Carol enters. She insists that Frank uses a humane trap. She sees that Frank has set up a classic mouse trap. Frank's like, hey, go fuck yourself. And uh, so then the mouse rolls in, right, and uh, and scares everybody. Frank pulls off Brendan's hat and catches it in his hat. Huge mouse, by the way, on screen. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's almost as if this this mouse moves so quickly. It's almost as if there's not a mouse on set. I know. Because if you slow it down, you're just like, man, everyone's going nuts, but I I don't see the mouse. And it's clearly there because you can hear it squeaking along. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like a mechanical squeak, kind of. But, but you're right, he, he's, he's able to so quickly catch this mouse. Yeah, you can't catch a mouse like that. No. With just a hat. Whoop, yeah. Got it! So also, he, he, yeah. I, I, just, I don't know if this is a common thing, too, but maybe it's just because, why does he, does he always go three buttons unbuttoned? Oh, yeah. He is straight up Indiana Jones in this scene. He's showing so much chest in this. In this waxed scene. too. Waxed. <laughs> That's a waxed chest. I did not realize um, how sexy the parents are. In the oh film. my god! I was it's, never aware of this as a kid. I was no, 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 no. You're not. I mean, it, it's they are. That this is clearly a a way to get the parents to watch this show. Because yeah. they're star, they are the big stars, you know. So it's like, oh wow, Patrick Dovey and Suzanne Summers are playing like against one another. That's kind of weird. I thought I only thought of that in my head in 1978. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like some weird sexual fan fiction. Um, yes. You know, and they really, you know, they're really doing it. A couple episodes ago, they had like a romantic weekend, and you got to see Carol in some sexy negligee. I mean, it was uh, they're they're yeah, doing was- it up. I was surprised by the outfits. Uh, and again, this is how they dressed the whole series. I just, I think when I watched this as a kid, I clearly was not paying attention to the parents at all. Right. Um, so they uh, catch the hat or uh, they have the hat. They catch the mice mouse in the hat. Um, and uh, they look in the hat and Carol and Brendan are, think it's cute. And then Frank's like, fine, just go release it outside. He's so pissed. He doesn't get to murder that mouse like it's yeah. kind of weird does, but this is does. you know frank's a man you know it's his man stuff well they, they, they talk about that she's like i think she says that's how you guys get your jollies huh right right Just killing killing animals i can't remember what his response is his response is weird yeah he's a weird guy <laughs> <laughs> so uh frank goes to pick up the mouse trap um and at that moment mark opens the door up from the kitchen and knocks his little tuchus uh over and then uh frank puts his hand in the mousetrap and the mousetrap slaps on his hand and he just has like a real stilted yeah and then he 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 asks yeah blood everywhere and that is continuity yeah all the future episodes from here on in he's only got a thumb yeah, he's only got a thumb, and then finally, uh, season six, they give him a hook. <laughs> it's a two-episode arc. <laughs> a lot of people don't notice it. Yeah. Um, well, there's that big magnet episode where they, they go to the roadside attraction to see the biggest magnet in the world. and <laughs> Frank flies out of the car. <laughs> yeah. yep. So uh, anyway, he gets his hand caught in the trap. Normally, Frank would just scream and yell in front of everybody, but now he's asking if anybody's in the kitchen. Mark says no. He goes in the kitchen to scream. Yeah. And then Carol and Mark kind of hold each other close. They're worried and scared at the same time. 
scary stepdad is yelling again. Yeah, I wonder if you could do a supercut of of just them fearing Frank. Like, I wonder if there are are there a lot of moments like that. I forgot, and I don't know if I wasn't probably paying attention to the parents either, but I, I just didn't re- realize that a lot of Frank's personality on this show was like, oh, like angry dad yeah. stuff. Con- but contained. Contained, and he always kind of is like, you know, basically uh, uh, Carol flashes a titty at him, and, and then he's like, okay. And he, and he, does, he does get wide-eyed in this episode. Yeah. Towards the, I don't, we haven't gotten to that point yet, but, uh, yeah. but sex is, uh, is on the table, and he bolts up straight, and he's like, yeah. I got to get through this dad thing so I can go upstairs and take a yeah. bath with my wife. Yeah, there's also a lot of like voyeurism stuff that happens. So like um in in at least two episodes, not including this episode, there is uh one where it was like Carol's like, "Ah, like you, you know, we're not going to have sex, but if you want, you can watch me take a bath." And then like, and then Frank's like, Ugh, and that's how they end an episode. And then there was one where um, Frank, and that was the episode where they take the romantic weekend. He tries to push a double bed together and he throws his back out. So he can't hump his wife. And uh, she's like, feels bad for him. She's like, okay, you could just watch me change. And he's like, Ugh. so there's like a lot of like weird, almost, eh, I wouldn't call it kinky, but kinky for TGIF stuff that happens right. on step-by-step. I appreciate it. You know, I, I like that uh, Frank is has the horniness of a, like a seventh grade boy, essentially, that any, yeah. any uh, promise of skin is exciting to him. Um, I don't know of another show that was on TGIF that was as horny as this show. This is the horniest show on TGIF. This wasn't happening on, on Full House, Family Matters, Boy Meets World, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, yeah. especially on Perfect Strangers, for crying out loud. <laughs> Um, but now, now, home, I'm thankful for that because these are ugly people uh, <laughs> and I didn't want to see that. Maybe Uncle Jesse had some sex appeal, but yeah. he wasn't like being like there was a little like a hunk of hunk of burning love like shit going on with Uncle Jesse um, and, and the this, newly incarcerated. Uh, <laughs> what's her name? And this Friday on a very special Perfect Stranger, Balky Bones. <laughs> Cousin Larry gets a hard on. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's it's very horny in the step by step household. Now, home, home improvement was horny, but it was it was one sided, right? Tim the Two Man Taylor was horny, but it was almost like not tonight, Tim. Well, here's the thing: I don't know. I don't think that was, was that on ABC TGIF. It was on TGIF. You're right. It was on ABC. It was a Tuesday, right at nine p.m. Yeah, so not as family friendly. Yes. I mean, because these are pretty much geared to children, these shows. Yeah. Um, You know, so it is interesting that there is so much horniness and and no horniness coming from the kids, which I guess is appropriate. Um, You know, down the road doesn't happen. Probably. I mean, there's a lot of episodes to get through, unfortunately. Dude, you have so many episodes to get through. Unfortunately for this host, uh, um, I think we're taking a hiatus after our season one. When you contacted me and said you were only on episode, what is this, 17? I was like, yeah. oh my God, dude, you're only on 17? It's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> so, um, okay, so we go to the kitchen. JT's on the phone with Mr. Greco. Uh, Sid Greco wants an all-girl band. There's no way out of it. 
So then Dana and Karen enter and Al goes over and asks them if they want to be in the band. And they're like, what? And he's, they're like, listen, you just have to sit there and look pretty for two hours. Karen, people will be staring at you for two hours. And Karen's like, hey, where do I sign up? Dana's not sold. What's in it for me, Dana says. And then JT says, hey, you know that suede jacket you like? That could, you could borrow it whenever you want. And uh, Dana says, listen, if I do this for you, you're the one that's going to be borrowing that suede jacket. It's a good exchange. It is good. It's a good exchange. But I think they're burying the lead here in this conversation. And that is, this set is two hours long. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> that is That's insane. Crazy that this yeah. band somehow thinks they have two hours worth of material. Maybe they're just going to go heavy on banter. Like, what? Well, you know, I don't want to say they don't, but that, that, that implies they have like two albums worth of material. I mean, you know, maybe they just start playing just Stones, just the Stones albums. I, I don't know what they were planning on doing. Um, they get but, up and they, they press play on Exile on Main Street. They're like, there you go, folks. <laughs> Here's the other thing. There's, oh, 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 two hours, what are we going to do? Hours? Oh, we, there's a raffle. <laughs> got to do a raffle in the middle of it. I mean, that's got to be an hour. Yeah, I'll clap along. We'll do a clap along. That, that'll, that'll, that'll fill 10, 15. I mean, not only was the original chicks with attitude who just formed yesterday going to have to fill two hours of original music and, and some bar classics. Yeah. But this now, whatever happens in this ramshackle band has to now fill two hours. Yes. People who don't know in, how to play an instrument has to right. fill two hours. Yeah. So who's actually, well, this, this show, does not waste any time with establishing who has music ability and who doesn't have music. Cody has many times pulled out his axe. He's written songs with Dana. Cody can play the guitar. He shreds. Okay. 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 Um, so we know that JT's never mentioned anything about it. Al picked up the drums and sucked an episode ago and now is good. Right. Uh, and, and that episode at the end of the episode, she comes in and tells Frank, Hey, uh, so-and-so at school has really great voice. I think we're going to start a metal, metal band. And Frank's like, not in my house. And then they just end. Mm -hmm. turns out that they did. So, um, I, you know, it's all happening so fast, but you know, that's the Hollywood story. You know God, what I mean? How, how awesome would it be if it was actually metal? If it was actually like Al plays like double bass pedal drums yeah. and it's just. They bite the head on. off a, of a bat on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could have been great. Uh, so we go to the bowling alley again. Maybe that's Frank, what we would have seen. Maybe that's what we would have seen. Yeah, they had a lot of stunts going on. There's yeah. a lot of fake blood happening. It was going to be an Alice Cooper show. They were going to have yeah. guillotine somebody on stage. There was going to be a boa constrictor. Listen, the key, the, the key to success is to you want to you want to create something that pisses off the parents. Oh yeah, and already, I mean, chicks with attitude. <laughs> chicks are not allowed to have attitude. So already parents are like, what is this in my house? I don't know if I'm ready for the 90s. <laughs> so we go to the bowling alley. Frank and Carol are waiting by the concession stand, by the snack bar. And this bowling alley is like rad. This is like a cool fucking boat looking bowling alley. Well, they just redid it, man. They did just redo it. And Frank did do a good job. He did. He did a great job. So then the gals walk in. You got Dana, Karen, and Al. And they look dressed to the nines in those new outfits that JT ordered for them. Also, and maybe this is me feeling old, but a little creeped out when the audience uh, woos them. <laughs> woos the uh, teenagers. Rest assured, the actresses are like 15 and 16 in this season. So. Okay. And Al yeah. is 12. I don't know. Al is like 12. It's a, little, it's a little weird, but. It's definitely it, weird. It's a it's kid de show. But it's going to get a whole lot weirder. <laughs> yeah. 
Because then it's like, hey, <laughs> is this the whole band? What gives? Then walk in. Hey, I post- thought this was a, you said this was going to be a five-piece. <laughs> I want a five-piece band. Greco's pissed. He starts smashing yeah. his own bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> and Frank's just like, yeah, hire me back, man. I'll hey, more back. money from me. Hey. It yeah. seems like the end of the episode, but it's not. And they have to just go up and just riff <laughs> for a while. Yeah. So then uh, in walks the rest of the band. Who is it? None other than Cody and JT dressed as ladies. Oh, boy. What if, what if I didn't get that part of the plot? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, and then these two ladies show up, and they, they hey, they can shred and save the day. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Easy on the eyes, too, my friend. <laughs> And then Actually, I'd be like, Steve, you didn't watch this episode at all. I mean, they don't save the day at all. <laughs> I will say, JT, later on in the episode, she says, Al says, you make an ugly sister. Yeah. I think he looks great. I think JT looks beautiful. JT definitely looks better than Cody. Cody looks like, oh, like yeah. early 90s Howard Stern. Yes. Yes. Um, like Esho Howard Stern. Yes, um, exactly. So then uh, Frank says, uh, boy, this is a sad day for the Lambert men. And Cody says, what are you talking about? We're still guys. And then he looks over at JT and goes, are my boobs straight? Yep. Sid Greco walks over and greets Frank and Carol. Frank introduces Al, Jenny, and Kiki. That's uh, JT and Cody's lady names. Yep. Frank says JT won't be there because uh, uh, he has a date. Uh, that's why he's not making it to the to the big show. And then, uh, you know, uh, Greco says, boys will be boys. Or no, Frank goes, boys will be boys sometimes. Yeah. Which also- sometimes they're girls. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible manager, by the way. Who oh, yeah. Doesn't show can't, up. Can't make the first gig because he's got a date. So the band goes up to set up, and Greco approaches Cody all creepy-like. And he goes, hey, I thought this band was uh, a bunch of girls, but you're a woman, all woman. This is the moment I was waiting for since the beginning of the episode. When we were introduced to Sid, I was like, oh, man, he's going to want to fuck <laughs> one of these dudes just like a lady. I'm not sure which one, but of course, Cody. Makes of course sense. it's Cody. Of course it's Cody. Hey, well, as we established early in the episode, Everybody wants to fuck Cody. Everybody wants to jump his bones. Yep. So Cody gives uh, Greco like a strong pat on the arm and begins to talk like a girl. This is the classic, like, how they talk like girls. Hey, uh, how's everybody doing out there? I'm a girl, you know? <laughs> like, it's just yeah. kind of like almost like Mickey Mouse style talking. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Cody walks away and Greco follows him on stage. And Greco introduces the chicks with attitude. Now Franco kept- thinks that Kiki, that, that Kiki broad kind of likes him. And Frank's mm-hmm. like, oh, Jesus, what have I gotten into? And they cut out the scene where Cody does have sex with Sid <laughs> just to convince him that they are women. <laughs> it would be a Cody thing to do. <laughs> he's all in. He might be a dummy, but he's all in. Hey, he's, he's, uh, he's going to do what he has to do for his family. Yeah, he knows. They accept him for who he is. Yep. So um, the band begins to play, and they're actually pretty good, uh, except uh, uh, K- JT and Cody are kind of singing super high-pitched voices, and all of a sudden, you can see Greco's like, uh, something's not up here. And then all of a sudden, JT, for no reason at all, starts adjusting his wig. It's not falling off. 
he's adjusting it and you can sort of see his hair. And yeah. then all of a sudden Greco's like, what the fuck? That one chick ain't a girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't yeah. know about Cody yet, but he's like, that's <laughs> JT. I can tell now. And then he, he Still goes up on stage. <laughs> that other chick is hot as hell. Yeah. That's a hot chick. Yeah. But this other one's a guy. What yeah. gives? But uh, so um, you know, they're they're also I like that they're playing just some shitty blues song like dun 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 like it's like some fucking it's like and how do they know how to play this song? There's so many issues. Also, was there any kind of introduction? They just start playing the song. They just start playing a song. Just no, how's it going? Uh, welcome. Uh, we are chicks with attitude. It was just well, let's go into this. Classic blues riff. Yeah. So then Greco storms the stage and he snatches Cody's wig off his head. And uh, and uh, the band just stops. The crowd disappointingly gets up, shakes their head, and starts to leave. Steve, wouldn't you stay and watch this? I yes. like how they're, like, watching this shitty bar band. But then all of a sudden, like, the owner snatches a wig off a guy who is pretending to be a lady, and they're starting to have an argument on stage. I mean, if I was the audience, I'd be like, this is the best night of my <laughs> fucking life. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume it's, uh, it's staged, and, I, and I'm very excited to see where this, uh, this melodrama is going to go. I would turn to my friend who I convinced to come to this show and I'd be like, see, you didn't want to come to the fucking bowling alley on a Sunday to see a band. This is why we go out, dude. It's shit like this. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, dude, you want to come to the show with me? Yeah, I, I don't know who they are. Uh, I don't know if they've ever played before for, for a group of people. Um, and I know they're going to be playing for two hours. No opening act. It's just going to be them for two hours. You want to check it out with me? No, you can't bowl. You're not allowed to bowl. <laughs> yeah. You have to just watch the band. All right, man. Here, I will go with you on one condition. If I don't like what I'm hearing the first 45 seconds, <laughs> I'm out of there, man. All right, all right, fine, fine. Uh, deal. But if, if somebody comes up on stage and snatches a wig off of a man, will you stay? Hell oh. no, man. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I won't uh, watch that. That sounds too interesting, man. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, everybody leaves for some reason. All the crowd is leaving. Um, and Carol just immediately takes the stage, asks Cody and JT if they know any oldies, hands Al and, the gir- and Karen and Dana some sheet music. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. That's awesome. <laughs> hands literally takes a piece of loose leaf out that I imagine has some sheet music. It's some sheet music. Where did she takes- get that? I don't know. But then she grabs the microphone and says, let's rock this joint and begins to play good loving or whatever that song. Good loving. I mean, they play flawlessly. Karen and Dana, who are supposed to just stand there and look pretty, know exactly how to back up Carol. Well, they got their sheet music, man. Yeah, uh, Al knows exactly the tempo. Yeah. JT and Cody know the riffs. Yeah. Fucking Cody's fucking doing a solo. I mean, yep. this is exactly what, like, literally raises the hair on my nipples as far as watching <laughs> old television. This is the stuff I like when it's just like, what were you guys thinking when you put this show together? <laughs> that this is the way out of the dilemma you have that makes any sense. I mean, we're just used to normal TV now. We're like, 
every episode ends on a cliffhanger. You kind of have to, if you say something, you have to pay it off the next episode. Gone are the days of television where you're like, oh, hey, we have like three quarters of this show. How are we supposed to put it on air? It's like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Like, there's no rhyme or reason why this band should be able to play together perfectly in perfect harmony. And, and here's the thing. They start playing this stupid song. All of a sudden, the crowd's like, oh, shit. There's some fucking rocking going on. I'm coming back. And they yeah. start dancing. Did they leave the building? They exited and re-entered. <laughs> so they left. And they're like, that was shitty. And they're like, wait a second. That music in there is not shitty. <laughs> we got to check this out. We, we got to check this out. What, are, they, are they playing songs from 50 years ago in there? <laughs> so check Car- it out. Carol starts rocking out. Frank can't believe his eyes. Can't believe his eyes. Amazing set. One of the best scenes. I ran it back like three times. I called my fiance into the room to watch this fucking thing. It was incredible. So um, we cut back to the living room after the gig. Everybody's so pleased. By the way, the two-hour gig. (laughs) I know. That means they just just kind of riffed. Maybe they just played good loving for (laughs) two (laughs) hours. probably what they did. Uh, and they, I, I would have liked to have seen just a little further where they kind of looked at each other and were like, you want to play that? Uh, we know that blues riff. Yeah. <laughs> you want to give that yeah. a go, Carol. <laughs> so they're going back in the living room. Everybody's so happy with each other. Ah, what a night. Al's like, hey, Carol, if you ever want a spot in the band, you got the pipes. Come and join us. And Carol's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Frank Wait, Carol's, like, believe she- Carol's like, I fucking saved your ass tonight. Yeah, I'm going to be back in the band. I am the band. Yeah, your oh. band? You're Come the on. drummer, a.k.a. the fucking roadie. <laughs> now go to your room. I would have loved it if it had gone that direction. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fun that could have been had with this. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. I really enjoyed what they did here. <laughs> um, I like their, uh, their bonanza joke. Do you remember this? Right. So that that's coming up. So okay. there's a bonanza, a great bonanza joke. So you got um you got uh Cody and JT are still dressed like ladies. Um and this is when Cody uh, looks and goes, "Hey, does this dress make me look too hippie?" Which is like, is that what he says, hippie? He does say hippie. It's not a term. Right. But um I guess uh I guess you couldn't say, "Does this make my thighs look fat?" because this setup right. later is uh, Dana looks at her and goes, yeah, but if you're going to wear minis like that, you better get yourself a thigh master. Right. That's where it is. Yeah. Lays it in. Uh, Carol thinks that uh, it was so amazing. Our family's coming together. We were like the Partridge family. And that turns the whole family off. They're like, ah, that's fucking Carol. I'm out of here. They They all leave. They are so grossed out by that comment. Yeah, they can't believe it. It's it's disproportionate how... The, their reaction to her saying we're like the Partridge family. They're, it's like they smelled bad milk when she yeah. says that. Somebody should have turned to her. Al should have been like, no, we're not like the Partridge family, you fucking idiot. We're like the Brady Bunch. It's the Brady Bunch, okay? you dumbass. That's what we're ripping off here. So um, that's when uh, Cody says, what? I love that show. Remember Hoss and whoever and whoever? And then he starts humming Bonanza. Yep. So, so he thinks Partridge Family is Bonanza. That's his out on the show. Yeah, that's my favorite part is that he does not say goodbye. 
He just walks out of the house. See ya. Um, Meanwhile, he lives in his van in the backyard. Right. That's right. I forgot. Should have gone the other way. So then uh, Frank, uh, before everybody goes uh, upstairs, uh, Frank is like, I got to have a talk with JT. You know, there has to be some sort of uh, something here for me to say to my son. And then that's when Carol's like, you better hurry up because I'm going to take a shower. Because there was a moment before when Carol says, starts singing. Frank's like, I can't believe you could sing like that. And Carol says, well, you, you have to listen to me in the shit. You have to come hang out with me in the shower more. And then Frank's like, ay, 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 ay. I'm really excited by that. Maybe, you know, maybe they've never had sex. Oh. Maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe that's why he's so excited to watch her bathe. And so excited about the promise of sex. So then Carol's like, yeah, she's like, well, hurry up with that talk with your fucking son because I'm about to go take a shower. And then Frank's like, oh, shit, you're right. And pushes his son under the chair and like jumps into his thing. Now, I don't know if you scrutinize every scene like I do, Steve, and I I would be weird if you did. But the way that Frank sits on the corner, like on the arm of this couch, his pants are pulled up and you just see full ball sack. There's just... An imprint that is surrounds, I would say, 70% of his nuts and his dick that you can see a full imprint of it. Really? I, no, I did not see that. Well, you're going to want to run that back then <laughs> and text me about it when you do. I want, I want to know what you think. Um, I hope you post screen, screen images. On I'm going to go back. I, I, uh, I'm going to probably watch that uh, this episode a few times tonight. So I'll go back. <laughs> Now, I, I really thought that they were going to go for a, I got to talk to my son. Carol, Carol's like, I'm pretty horny. And he was going to be like, son, uh, do your homework and then run upstairs. Right. But, uh, but they actually, they surprised me again with this, this scene. They squeeze one in on us, a, a fatherly moment. Frank thinks that uh, JT kind of got himself into this mess. He's like, you know, you don't have to be a hot shot here. Okay. Like, I understand you want to make some money. JT's like, hold on, Frank. That's not how it went. I didn't do this for myself. I did this I, I like dressing up like as a woman. That end, I did it for my little sister, Al. She had a lot riding on this. I want her to be able to play. I love her. And then uh, Frank's like, oh, wow, you actually are starting to think about other people. That's kind of nice. And then JT's like, don't make a whole mushy thing out of this, okay? Mm. Um, and uh, Al comes downstairs, tells JT that he's the best big brother in the world and the ugliest big sister in the world. Ba-boom. Not, and uh, also, not true. He looks great. He looks fantastic in that dress. He does look good. Now, let me tell you, this scene happened with Al in the last episode. Alan, Alan, Carol have a conversation because Al protects Mark from his female bully. And Al have, has a conversation with Carol at the end of the episode where Carol's like, I know that you actually went, it wasn't happenstance. You wanted to protect your, your stepbrother. And then Al's like, oh, maybe I'm starting to like him, but don't tell anybody about me getting mushy. Like, it's the exact same ending scene they have here. Mm. Wow. So then, uh, the previous ep- this is the previous episode. Wow. Um, and so uh, <laughs> after the ugliest big sister remark, Frank suggests that their new band name be Chicks with Facial Hair. I thought he was going to say Dicks. He says, chicks with facial hair. And then JT goes, I got facial hair? All right. And then he runs upstairs, the end. Yes. I I really thought. I don't know why I thought you were going to just stand up and give a round of applause there. (laughs) You did pause. I did give you the moment. um, 
I really, I, I guess I, I didn't have a lot of faith in this episode. And the, the year that it was produced, I really thought we were going to see a really cringeworthy scene where Frank sits JT down and is like, dresses are for girls, son. I, re I really thought that that's <laughs> where that, that, that message was going to be. And clearly, I actually appreciated Frank. And I was like, okay, Frank uh, is going to talk about the importance of family, basically. Well, I thought what was going to happen was that Jay, uh, they come home and then Cody is like, he puts his wig on and he leaves. And then Frank's like, hey, Cody, we're about to have dinner. Where are you going? Want to stay? And then Cody's like, oh, no, I have plans to get dinner with Sid. And then leaves in his dress. That would have been great. And then Cody turns out that he turns tricks uh, as a cross-dresser. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, it would have been great. Um, but you know, I enjoyed this episode. Steve, how'd you like this episode? I had a good time with this episode. I, uh, I have not seen any episodes since the pilot. So this was a vast improvement over the pilot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had fun. I, um, I actually, I considered, I thought it would be fun to come on as, uh, Chicks with Attitude's new manager and I was going to brag about the fact that I had also uh, used to manage uh, Zack Attack. And then I realized I would have to come up with probably another 45 minutes of stuff to talk about as that manager. So I, uh, I bailed. I didn't do that. Well, you know, honestly, um, you, uh, I like the initiative you almost took. I appreciate <laughs> it. We haven't had a character yet uh, review the show, but I am very open. I need something else. Um, and you, you just basically sold it with that shirt. I mean, the shirt that you wear in a Hawaiian shirt, I unbuttoned. I am dressed like a manager, you're right. Yeah. Well, um, I also, I thought yeah. I would play a character of a guy who was at the show who just wanted to bowl. He just wanted to bowl that night. And they're like, nah, sorry, we're doing a show tonight. He's like, what the fuck? Or you could have been like chicks with attitudes, like next bassist, where like turns out the band actually kind of caught on the gimmick uh, with guys in wigs. And we invented glam rock. <laughs> uh, these guys invented glam rock 30 years after the New York Dolls invented glam rock. And uh, that's what they they go down as. That um, would be amazing. It's like, hey, you know, you chicks with attitude. You know, I, I love you all to know this, but <clears throat> that's uh, how four non-blondes started. They were originally <laughs> chicks with attitude. They changed their name to four non-blondes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I asked my guests three questions always. I've already asked you these questions, but it's good because this is uh, 16 episodes ago. So maybe your, 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 your answers have changed. Number one. Yes. Is Step by Step a good show? No. <laughs> good. Number <laughs> two. Do you like Step by Step? Uh, I, I enjoyed watching this episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Number three. There are too many characters on this show, especially children. Personally, I think one's got to go. If you could eliminate one of the children on this show... Who would it be and how would you do it? Oh, wow. I didn't get, I did not get asked this before. I believe you did get asked this and I oh, believe I you eliminated Brendan. Oh my God. And I think we might've strapped him to the tracks of the theme song of the, uh, <laughs> we might've run him over with the, with the roller coaster. Just Bre Brendan must get eliminated all the time, right? Or do people just forget that he's even there? People eliminated him early in this yeah. show. Um, and then it started to become Mark, the blonde, right. who's getting eliminated one after another. 
Okay. You know Sims what? seems to like Mark, and I believe last episode Zach Sims eliminated Karen. Um, uh, no, no, that's Carol. Karen is the brunette, uh, Carol's daughter. Uh, I oh, think I would, never, I would never eliminate her. Now, Dana, on the other hand, I would like to eliminate Dana today. You'd be a first, my friend. She's so mean. She is mean. She's very mean. Again, she did. She did. She did help out at the end, and I appreciate that. But. Being, I mean, I don't know. I guess we're, I forget how cruel we are to our siblings. And I have never really had step siblings. So maybe you're that mean. But uh, to me, it's like I get being that mean to uh, your stepsister. But all these other kids that are in the house who are just trying to have fun and to be like, you guys also all lacked out. All of you. <laughs> that seemed particularly mean. Of so how do we eliminate her? Huh. Well, let's see. What would be, what would be the most poetic for her uh she's, she's a she's, nerd she's she a nerd. writes for the school paper straight yeah. a student has a chip on her shoulder right um maybe because she's got a chip on her shoulder you make her eat all the chips <laughs> she just drowns in a sea of uh, lays grease yep that would be a fun like dreamlike episode yeah and then, like yeah it. it's all the all the chips maybe maybe if you hadn't been so mean dana you wouldn't be drowning in chips. I don't know. That sounds like a lot of people's fantasy, though. <laughs> you got it. Steve, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You're one of a kind. Thanks for dressing up, even you though this it. is an audio podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you to my, uh, my listeners. You guys are why we keep this show running, I think. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye.